gets weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. We're in some kind of bizarre world where I'm drinking non-alcoholic beer and you're drinking alcoholic lemonade. <laughs> I think it's just the modern world. Oh, my Lord. What has the world become? My God, they were right. Cats are marrying dogs. And this is what they said would happen when we legalized the gay marriage. Yeah. Yeah, that, that bastion of heterosexuality solo... The Australian lemonade. Has... Which is like a lemon squash. What's the American version of that? I, don't know, I think it's just lemonade. No, it's not lemonade. That is just lemonade. That, that is clearly not lemonade. That is that is very lemonade more than lemonade. Okay. Like, I know it... what lemonade is, but this is lemony. I don't know, like Mellow Yellow? Was that a lemonade? I don't fucking know. I always thought that was just a metaphor for pee. What? Like, if it's if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. No, that's a mnemonic for fucking redneck parents who don't want to use water. <laughs> that's not a... That's... I grew up in one of the driest cities in the world, all right? <laughs> if it's on the carpet, it's good. <laughs> I don't know. If it's on the carpet, it's not illegal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord, speaking of, like, dirty and disgusting, do you know what happened to me last night? Oh, God. No. No, not in a sexy way, right? Not in a pirate hat ruining way. <laughs> oh my god! No, I just suddenly just like sat up in in like bed because I was just like, ah, oh. I had this overwhelming sensation of being completely wet. Like everything I was touching was just wet, and then this sounds like most of the women I know when they're thinking of someone else. <laughs> And just this, like, wave of the smell of cat pee hit me. And I'm just like, ah, ah, and I'm fighting and I'm trying to get out from under the doona and it just reeks and it's just this overwhelming smell of cat pee and I'm trying to get out of bed and I can't. And then I wake up. Oh, no. It had all been a dream. (laughs) And there was just that moment where I just sat up and I'm just like, no cat pee. No one had peed. Check yourself. No one had peed. Nothing had, like, peed. But it was just, like, the weirdest dream. I mean, I had to then, like, pee. So I got up and I had to pee. Okay. So, I don't know. Do you do dream foretelling? What does it mean if you're, like, you dream that you wake up being covered in cat pee? Well, it sounds like a very... German holiday. Very German holiday at your house. I don't know. No, if it was human pee. Or is it a metaphor? Like you're you're drowning under the weight of your own guilt and cats like some kind of pissifus. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm a personal pissifus. <laughs> but what have I got to feel guilty about? That would imply I have a sense of guilt. I don't know. Well, no, you clearly don't. Or shame, as cowboy hats will attest. But Shit, one pirate hat. <laughs> oh, well, that's why it was a pirate hat. It wasn't even a cowboy hat. I reached out to Captain Morgan yeah. to ask if I could get a new pirate hat. No. I have not responded. Silence. I think, look, my my experience in sailing might not stretch into pure piracy uh-huh. in that it was competitive 
yacht racing in Port Perry for maybe I think two races. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that you, you white privilege. I'm pretty sure you only yeah. When I say yacht, they were trailer sailors, and it was next to a fucking lead smelter, it and was, the water was like snot. It was a shopping trolley. <laughs> pretty much. You were on crack. We were we were we were nine years old launching our own boats. So okay, you're yeah. definitely on crack. Fuck, yep. we were white as <laughs> little colonists. Off you go. <laughs> Fuck it. To claim as my own. <laughs> you don't think about it, do you? Like how much privilege that is until you're like, okay, yes, we were next to a lead smelter, and like we were sailing. <laughs> we were sailing. Oh, oh my god, white privilege. That's very white privilege. Well, as I told you, I was like reading the news article um, where it was white people were angry because they had lost a court case and were now having to sell their house in the country because they racked up a 500,000 pound debt on lawyers complaining about their where the farmer next door put his bins. Wow, that's such a British... That's white privilege. That's white privilege. That's white privilege. <laughs> if you've got half a million pounds... To complain about somebody's bin. What kind of rinky-dink farm has a bin? <laughs> like you drive out where we're from, and there's just you see those like every now and then, like every like fifty k's, you yeah. just come across like a ditch that's just full of rubbish, like old car bodies, fridges, all that sort of stuff, because they just burn that shit. No, because I'd be like, no, because, you know, the new new environment, man, you can't just burn shit. You can't just put shit in a hole and burn it like you no, used to. No, I'm saying it because Australian farms are so much more remote than the rinky-dink shit in England. No, so now you have to take apart the backpacker's backpack <laughs> okay. and you have to take out all of the individual items and put them in the correct recycling bin. Their corpse, green bin. Yeah. Okay. iPod. <laughs> Like, no, you've got to take that down the council. Oh, yeah. You know, special electrical. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here's Barry, the, the environmentally friendly murderer, recycling another phone. Oh, thank you, Barry. <laughs> he may not give a shit about the French backpackers, but he gives a shit about the earth. <laughs> a lot of bicycle frames out at Barry's house. <laughs> do you think when it came to sentencing, yeah. do you think you could apply like recycling credits and be like, yes, oh. I murdered these 18 backpackers. The carbon neutral killer. But I saved 20 pounds from yeah. like landfill. Yeah. Do you get for like every, a year off? For every backpacker I murder, I plant a tree in an endangered koala habitat. Yes. Wow. Yes. I, I think that's a, that should be a defence. Well, think about it. Because, yeah, you plant the tree, you get more koalas, more backpackers. Some little, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's, a, it's a fucking perpetual motion engine. Build it and they will come yeah. and die. Completely carbon it? neutral. Oh. Just got to get them to come out of your on sailboats instead of on planes and you've just got to offset the whole thing. See, I think it would be reasonable as a defence to be like, yes, I killed them, but they were eating fagua at the time. So I took them home and stuffed newspapers in their throat till they died. It's the circle of life. How many backpackers have you met? Because not many of them eat foie gras. I can tell you that much. French ones do. I doubt it. <laughs> I very much doubt it. Well, I'm just using that as an example. Okay, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. <laughs> All those two French backpackers who set fire to like a little... Quokka. Oh, yeah, that was fucked. We should have been able to set them on fire. We should have just put them in the water just off, side, or just off Rottnest Island and watched them be eaten by sharks. 
no, too quick. I want to. I want to chase them through the streets with flame, like the thing. Just watch them crawling up the walls, trying to get away. Not, Fuck you, Frenchie, get not, down here, take your medicines. Not that I want to ruin summer for you, but being eaten by a shark is neither quick nor painless. It's a horrific death. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's what you get for setting a quaker on fire. Yeah, or a quaker. Because Hollywood. Like Jaws, the Meg have taught us that it is uh, just as you say the famous last words, like um, and you, you're gone. Whereas you know sharks are opportunistic feeders, and you'll be paddling on top of the water, and they'll take a bite, mm. and then they'll swim around for thirty seconds. They'll come back and take another bite, and come around. So you just bleed out in the most horrific, awful way. Yeah, but don't you just sort of go numb after the first bit? Don't you just go? Oh, oh. Well, there's plenty of people who've survived shark attacks who say very much the opposite. Yeah, they survived. Yeah. Like, they still walked away. Well, they didn't walk away because one of them had no legs. Insensitive, John. Very fucking insensitive. I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I reckon being eaten by a shark would be one of the fuck... Next to only as bad as being eaten by a bear. Being eaten by a bear would fucking suck. I don't know. There's a lot of people out there who like being eaten by a bear. (laughs) I am available for, for 21sts. As you found out that time that you were on Hanson Prostitute Road for an hour... A lot of people are into that. No, but see, the thing is, like, if you're eaten by the Meg, it's yeah. like the it's like the slankor pit. Like, it's not the it's not the it's not the chewing that gets you. It's the it's the two hundred years of digestion. Yeah, that's yeah. You'd also drown. You know. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't you? I don't know. Whenever you see those little cartoons on TV with the pup Pepto Bismol, there always seems to be a bit of your tummy up top. Where the chalky stuff goes, wouldn't you just be like, do do do? Well, you might float. I don't know. There you go. If you're a scientist, let us know. <laughs> could, you, could you just paddle your way? Because wouldn't you just claw your way back up? Maybe. Yeah. Be like monkey magic and punch him from the inside until he makes what? until he vomits. Do you think if you had like if you had like if you were so if you're swallowed by the Meg and you're in like a deep sea diving outfit they're supposed to be pretty strong yes they just need something that can resist digestive juices yeah and you could just swim your way out through its butt yeah you probably could because it's just you've got to worry about the corrosive stuff just do a bit of limbo around the you know shake a bit of pepper move things along grab onto a bit of corn (laughs) even sharks have corn yeah (laughs) everyone has corn i don't know these are the things that we ponder yeah, I think sharks have actually got quite an, an elementary digestive tract. So I think if you got through the stomach really quickly, it's kind of just like, you know, walking out of an airport. It's just that tunnel and you, you're done. You're gone. Yeah. What does shark poop look like? I've never seen shark poop. They poop, don't they? Uh, they do. The footage I have seen, fuck my Google history is cooked. <laughs> why were you searching this? Before this conversation, why were you Googling this? I was, I was doing a lot of research into Valerie Taylor, the filmmaker. Including spending four days in Sydney with her and hanging out with her and talking to her. I've got all this footage. It was the fucking best four days of my life. It was incredible. Videos of sharks pooping into a <laughs> cup. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Research. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they had footage of a shark going past a cage and doing a huge shit. It was fluoro orange. What? Yeah, it was, it was weird. Okay, now I want to Google. Do I have any- it looked like It looked like a soccer riot. What? Yeah, like this big, this sudden plume of orange stuff in the water. All right, I'm, I'm literally gooking, gooking. Go- I'm literally. <laughs> that was, that Holy was, shit! Vietnam is over, Liz. I am... 
you got to cage that racist rat. Oh, my God. I'm all about that fin sheep. All right. No, I'm trying. I just Googled shark poo. Oh, my Lord. Oh, you've seen it? Okay. No, there's just all these pictures. That, yeah. It's like somebody has let off a grenade. Yeah. Um, I don't. No, no, it's okay. You don't, I've, I've seen it before. It's like somebody has put a picture on the internet. It's like somebody's <laughs> let off a grenade of... Fluoro smoke in the shark and it's just gone off. Yeah. Through its anus. Yeah. Oh my lord. There we go. Oh look, there's a whole video. Do sharks poop? Do sharks poop? Who, who's asking that? Of course they poop. <laughs> that's a legitimate question. <laughs> I suppose. I've never, wow, that's quite. Yeah, sharks wow. pooping is really quite something. That's. I'll superimpose it over the, the footage that goes out of this. Oh, my God. Somebody needs to, like... <laughs> oh. Oh. Can you imagine you're in the cage and that happens? Where do you go? It's just everywhere. Oh. So how do I get this in a pirate hat? <laughs> I'm just... It's like trying to catch smoke. <laughs> catch the fog. Well, there you go. Yeah. See, I, I have watched Jaws so many times. I don't remember that scene. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I can't stop looking at it. There's all these pictures of sharks pooping. And I, I can't look away. It's unreal. This one guy's got like an action blow-by-blow blow shot. Of like the... Oh. Oh. Oh, God. Why? Put that on a calendar. There we go. Oh, there's our next bit of merchandise. We can do a calendar and every month of the year is just a different animal that you wouldn't think poops just having a really awkward poop i hate to say it but that's actually been done oh really there really is an animal's pooping calendar yeah again my google history is fucked yeah what the hell do you look at when you're alive? oh you would not believe no i'm starting to believe it's it's this bizarre mix of can you ls swap a bmw and then it's shark poop and I tell you what, ASIO, Australia's spy agency, is looking at this just going, what the fuck is... Keep him guessing. This guy isn't just leaving breadcrumbs. He's dropping whole bread trucks. <laughs> oh, look away for a moment. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Like a lady. Like a lady. <laughs> you got to get better cocaine, lady. I know, seriously. <sighs> yes, so it's a... Wow. I feel a little bit... Dirty. 15 minutes of shark poop. Mainly because I've swum in the ocean. If you yeah. swum in the ocean, you've swum in shark poop. Shark poop and whale cum. That's why it's so salty. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. That's so weird. Oh, God. How is that the tangent? Speaking of weird, unfathomable things that happen at sea. Oh, God. That totally brings us, would you believe... To the topic of this week. There you go. What are the chances? Pretty good. Who knew? Picture it. Poo-filled ocean. <laughs> In 1920, a ten-man crew set off in their cargo ship from Rio de Janeiro on a routine voyage. Well, routine, if you include hurricane sickness, disappearance, pirates, communist forgery, drunkenness, the US State Department, and a mystery that has never been solved. <laughs> this is the PO Hunter Biden cruise. 
<laughs> All in this week's episode of When My Booty. When my booty smiles at me, I disappear from Rio. What? Tichinero. <sighs> I pity the karaoke bar. Or, excuse me, is that a life raft in your pocket or are you just glad to sail me? Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just enjoying my Rio bit. You're enjoying your children's booze too. You gotta work it hard to be a solo man. man. Someone's got to do it. Someone does have to do it. And apparently children can't, so you have to. When kids stealing all the good shit. No, apparently kids aren't drinking. <sighs> yeah. That's why they're so miserable. No, they're all on the bags. They're all getting fucking Columbia's finest up their beak. That's all cr- oh, how can they afford it? I don't know. I can barely afford food. Oh, my God. I was ready to blow a hobo to buy, like, a Turkish loaf to make my sandwich today. Oh, what kind my of fucking, God. What kind of maker's market were you at? <laughs> <laughs> the artisan market is so artisanal. You have to blow a hobo. I know. And then I forgot to take my vegan cheese to work. So it was just, like, dry. And I'm just like, oh, how the universe mocks me. It's okay. I'll wet it with my tears. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Yep. In 1919. What? Nothing. I'm, just, I'm sick of being poor. I don't know if I mentioned that. There's mm. everyone in the world. Seriously, when is the world going to like rise up, set fires and shit? I don't know. Eat some billionaires. You can have musk. He does not look tasty. <laughs> well, I'm like, I just want them to like, I want them to be able to like divvy up their stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the top like you know, 14% all their shit. Who gets all the Teslas? You yeah, know? Yeah, you can keep them. Free Teslas? What yeah. if it was free? No, even then. No? No. Okay. No. Well, I'm sure he'd have something you could ride around. Probably. <laughs> One of his many, many children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1919, a cargo ship was built in Bath, Maine. The owner of the company funding the boat build, G.G. Deering, of the G.G. Deering Company. Nice. What a twat. Better than the G.G. Allen Boat Building Company. <laughs> just covered in turds and blood. Just, this music is terrible. Just a shit in a hat with a little sail in it. Sorry. There you go. This music is awful. I'm just saying, don't name your company. Company after yourself. Yeah, no, don't do that. The only thing that's worse than calling your company after yourself is like calling all of your shit after your kids. Yeah. All right? Like the Ford Edsel. Do you have a kid called Edsel? He had a kid called Edsel. Edsel? Edsel. How do you spell that? E-D-S-E-L. Much maligned car. It's kind of like the Ford Lemon. <laughs> a much maligned child. Well, that too, probably. because shit can't. Yeah, Henry Ford apparently was a fucking lunatic. But, um, yeah, no, it's a much maligned car. Everyone's like, oh, it's such a lemon. It's actually quite beautiful. Oh, maybe it's, it's the car suits the child. Was, yeah. the, was the child a bit of a dud? No, apparently the child was perfectly fine. Uh, was he, though? I don't know. Was he, though? Until you've had to sit down and, you know, share canapes. I don't think you can make that comment. I did, look, he probably dobbed people in for being communists, but who knows? Oh, one of them. But it's actually, it's actually quite a beautiful car. Oh. Yeah. Do we have a picture of... Of the Edsel? Of Edsel himself. Yeah. 
just picture him with a steering wheel on the back of his head. Uh, Edsel Ford? Yes. He just looks like a dude. Oh, he looks like a twat. He just, he's just a guy. He's a twat. I'm sure he was. <laughs> Allegedly. Mm. Is he dead? Yes. He was a twat. He was a total twat. Oh, what's mean? <laughs> oh, come at me, bro. <laughs> so G.G. Deer and Company named the boat in honour of his son. Oh, was his son named Sinky? <laughs> Sinky McSink. <laughs> his son, it was a very different age, was called Carol. One of the greatest men of all time was named Carol. Carol Shelby. Drove a Ford. Shut the fuck up. Who is that? Carol's Ford Cobra. The guy, the guy behind the Ford GT40. Carol A. Deering. It was one of the last giant sailing cargo ships ever built. Oh, sail power. Mm-hmm. On July the 19th, 1920, Carol A. Deering deported Puerto Rico and made its way to Newport, Virginia in the U.S., there, she was loaded up with coal to deliver to the Rio de Janeiro. The ship was captained by none other than a genuine, genuine war hero. Oh. He had been cited for bravery, for saving his whole crew after the ship was sunk by a torpedo from a German submarine. He sounds like definitely this is the man you want in charge. Doesn't matter what the ocean is going to throw at you. This guy is going to be able to handle it. Second in charge was the captain's son, Seawall. <laughs> I'm not even. <sighs> and a 10-man crew of Scandinavians. Hey, that's the people you want to sail with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hand-packed by Seawall. Handpicked or handpacked? <laughs> oh dear. It's a long way between. It's a lonely the US trip. And it's a lonely trip. Not on this boat. Not a lot of smuggling. <laughs> Maybe a fudge. <laughs> on the 26th of August, 1920, the Carol A. Deering cleared the Virginia Capes and was on its way to Rio de Janeiro when the captain suddenly became extremely sick. Blech. The ship turned back on Seawall's command. Okay. And the ship landed in Delaware, where the captain was taken from the ship. And he was so ill, his son went with him. Oh, wow. Not a good sign. No. The company was desperate. They now had a ship filled with cargo just sitting in Delaware. The company quickly set about trying to find a new captain and first mate. The company decided... On Captain Willis B. Wormel. Ah, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just an interesting point to note. Yeah, yeah. In 1920, in the US, the average life expectancy of a man, what do you think it was in 1920? 1920, 55. Oh, you're close. 53.6 years. Average life expectancy of yeah. a man. Yeah. Women had a couple of more. Years. Oh, thank God he's gone. Yeah. 53.6 years. Yeah, it's not much. So the company hired 
a 66-year-old retired sea captain. Well, he's, he's blasted the record so far. It's literally the US and Biden at the moment. <laughs> he's old, he's got dementia, but he's standing. <laughs> so they hired him and Charles B. McClellan as the first mate. So on September the 8th, 1920, 13 days after the t- first time they had set sail, yeah. they set sail again. Look at good. No bad omens. Yeah, nothing wrong. Whatsoever. Because we know sailors are not superstitious at all. No. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, if this crew was from like Harlem, <laughs> everyone would have just been like, fuck this, and just like walked off. They would have seen what was coming. Whitey's, oh, let's keep going. What could go wrong? Because they learned to sail at the age of nine. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <sighs> the ship and his cargo reached Rio and delivered its cargo Without event. In Rio, the captain gave the crew shore leave and the captain caught up with an old seafaring friend. Oh, hello. Wink. <laughs> the captain, his friend, wink, would later claim the captain spoke of the crew with sheer disdain. Oh. All except for the engineer, whom was a friend of the captain's friend. Okay. Wink. The Carol A. Deering was lo- was loaded up, set sail again on the 2nd of December, 1920. It then stopped to top up its supplies in Barbados. That must have just been awful. I was about to say, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Having to stop in Barbados, just, oh, oh. I just, oh. Like, we're always like, oh, you know, it must have been so hard for these old seafarers. <laughs> You've literally just gone from, like, Delaware, Rio, now Barbados, just drinking rum, getting drunk, shitting in hats. Hanging out with awesome people with awesome music. People who are like, argh, blue. Like, what the hell? People with peg legs. Pineapples. I'm stuck in the same office, nine <laughs> fucking five every day. Yeah, not one pineapple. No. Not one coconut. No. Not one lady in a hula skirt. No coconut bras. No jerk chicken. Oh. Jerk chicken's delicious. You, oh. It's not part of my fucked Google history. It really is. It really is a delicious dish. Not for the chicken. Anyway. No. So they stopped in Barbados, coconut bras, pineapples. First mate McKellen went ashore and got smashing drunk in a local bar. Yes, he did. Living. There he complained loudly... And to anyone that would listen, oh my God, again, white man complaints. <laughs> he was forced to complete all of the navigation. Oh. All of it, because the captain's eyesight was so bad. He also complained that he found it impossible to discipline the crew. Oh. Because every time he tried to the captain would step in. Kind of landing on the captain's side here. I'm <laughs> kind of like, oh, just have another drink and fuck off, yeah. mate. Eyewitnesses claim that he heard the first mate declare, again drunken and loudly, to a room full of people, I'll get the captain before we get to Norfolk. 
Jesus <laughs> Christ. Shat in his hat. <laughs> I will. What's, what's with these reverse alibis people keep having? <laughs> Everyone here acknowledge that I'm admitting guilt. Yar. I just want you to know that if I say here officially, I'm not going to be the one that stabs him while he sleeps in this cabin. That means I'm not the one who's going to stab him in the cabin later tonight with my knife, right? Let's sing an old sea shanty. This one's called It's All Admissible in Court. Oh, I do long to stab a captain in the back. Ah, <laughs> uh, memories. This stab, this stab, is stab, is stab. <laughs> Ironically, it was the captain himself. We didn't know about that. That's bad. The captain stabbed himself. <laughs> Long trip, I get it. The captain himself came to the jail and paid the fine to have the first mate released from prison after he was arrested in his drunken state. He needs his navigator back, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, no, my GPS. <laughs> no one else is reading them charts. Not all the Hergen Flergen boys who uh, just want to have kippers and reminisce about the Viking days. I was going to say, to be fair, he couldn't see who he was bailing out of jail. He just, thought it was someone else. Just pick one. Oh, fuck, it's the same one. What are the chances? On the 9th of January, the Carol A. Deering set sail to North America. Finally. Finally. The ship sailed out of view and was not seen again until the 28th of January. 19 days later off the coast of North Carolina. When according to the eyewitness, this is... Sounds like the dodgiest... So you're, you're a policeman. Yeah. You know, you're taking this down. You're the Marine Police. Okay, the Marine Police. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're the Marine Police. Okay. Right. Yeah. He describes that a tall, thin man with red hair and a foreign accent... Oh, yeah. ...on the Carol A. Deering used a megaphone... To holler at those on the other ship that they had lost both of their anchors in a storm off Cape Fear. Oh. And asked them to notify the ship's owners <laughs> in Delaware. Right. I mean, it is 1919. They have got telegraphs and uh, Morse code and radio. Maybe not like the ship RAA. Like... <laughs> Or, like, the anchor company? Or, like, someone that could help them as opposed to the suits in Delaware? It's kind of like, call my dad. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also, that's a lot to get across on a megaphone as you're sailing past because you can't slow down. You've got no anchors. True. Oh, my God, we've lost our anchor. Can you tell them back in Delaware? (laughs) Oh, Lord. But... The ship that they yelled at, their radio was broken. Oh. So they had no way to notify anybody about what had just been yelled at them through Um. a megaphone by a red-headed, suspicious man. (laughs) 
Ah, Lord. He also claims that he saw other people, quote, milling around on the quarterdeck. Okay. Where apparently you would not expect to see the crew. (gasps) Scandal. You don't know what milling about. Do you mean just standing? Yeah. Casually on a boat? That's got McDonald's manager kind of energy about it, you know? Room to, time to lean, time to clean. Yeah. It's, it's like, like oh, fuck off, I'm on a long boat trip. Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen another human being other than each other for like 19 like months. Both of our anchors have fallen off. Yeah. And there's another boat. You know what? You might stop to look at it. Yeah. There can't be that much to do. I'll pull some ropes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say, you can only bugger each other for so many hours of the day. Yeah. And then, ow. Yeah. Oh no, my poop deck. <laughs> it's been over scrubbed. Oh no, I think a barnacle's starting to form. No. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if this is like a shark's intestine and you can just walk out of it. Oh my god, everyone's just probably up on the poop deck, like, oh my god, come look at this shark poop. <laughs> so the other people milling around on the quarter deck. Yes. We would not expect to see the crew. The eyewitness noted this in his journal. But again, the radio was down, so he had no way to tell anyone. Just wrote it all in his little diary. <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> oh my God, I saw a red-headed man just milling about. <laughs> You've been at sea too long, mate. Yeah. The next afternoon, a passing ship saw... <laughs> so many people in this. Where do you start? The next afternoon, a passing ship saw the Carolay Deering heading towards the Diamond Shoals. Okay. They observed, this time, oh, they would have given anything for people milling about on the quarterdeck. They observed no one on deck. Oh. Now, admittedly, they were headed towards the Diamond Shoals, which is known in the area... As the, what do you think the Diamond Shoals sound so lovely? Sounds so lovely. No, it's where you get shipwrecked. It's the graveyard of the Atlantic. Yeah. Mm. So they observed no one on deck and saw the boat hurtling towards the graveyard of the Atlantic. But this ship assumed they'd be fine. Ah. I'll totally turn away from it. Yeah. It's like watching an argument. You're just like, nah, that's their, no, that's their problem. I'll sort that out. Yeah. As no one steers the car. (laughs) So they assumed they'd be fine and just carried on. January the 31st, 1921, the Caroline Deering was sighted by the Coast Guard hard aground on the Diamond Shoals of North Carolina with all sails set. But due to bad weather, it was not until the 4th of January that a rescue boat could reach the ship. Right. I just had to get smashed up for four days. Yeah, ouch. When they did board, they found the ship lifeless. But there was no crew. There were no bodies. Oh. However, after sitting on a shoal during a storm, rescuers could not be certain of the damage that was caused before or after it landed on the Diamond Shoals. Yeah. The steering equipment was damaged. The steering wheel shattered. Yes. The barnacle box. Yeah. 
Isn't that what they used to call your grandma? <laughs> oh, get fucked. That was her catchphrase. No, see, barnacles form on something that's been stationary for too long. Oh, no, that was not your grandma. No, no, she was, uh, she was anti-fouled. Maybe you're back. No crustaceans formed upon there. <laughs> but the barnacle box had been smashed and the rudder was disengaged. I don't know what that means. I thought you might know what that means. What well, does that it, mean when your rudder's disengaged? Well, it, it just basically means that the helm doesn't answer. So it's like it's the mechanism between the helm and the rudder at some point has been um, broken. So you can turn the wheel. It doesn't, doesn't affect the rudder. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. Also missing besides the crew were most of the crew's personal belongings. Okay, yep. But not all. Right. Some. The ship's log and navigation equipment were also missing as well as two lifeboats. But at the same time, food was still set out in the kitchen as if people were about to eat. It looked as if food was being prepared for the next meal. Plates on the table. There was even food in the oven. Oh. After numerous attempts to salvage the vessel, they decided it was impossible to save the vessel. And on March the 4th, the Caroline Deering was loaded with dynamite and exploded. Yes. After this, parts of the ship's bow and wooden planks began washing ashore on Hatteras Island. And the residents used these to build their houses. Yeah. It's great. It's hardwood. Use it. This is literally poltergeist. There's no way that we're going to create like a giant haunted village. This will be fine. Ship timbers are fantastic building products. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Until the dead come back. Ah. Yeah. What's well, your average life expectancy is 50 years. Who gives a shit? <laughs> what, have you, what have you got to lose? Just make it out of Indian bones. Who cares? <laughs> Well, it saves the last 20 years on this mortgage. <laughs> Five weeks after the explosion on April the 11th, 1921, Christopher Columbus Gray <laughs> went to authorities claiming that he had found a message in a bottle. Okay. A piece of paper in a bottle sealed with a cork. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the piece of paper read This is like an MH370 hoax <laughs> This is great <laughs> You don't know this It's going to be totally legit I'm sure it is It can be 100% Yep <laughs> <clears throat> This is the message This okay. is what's scrawled on the piece of note Totally legit in the bottle Okay Found by Christopher Columbus So it was definitely... Oh, that wasn't somebody's bottle. Somebody wasn't completely living there and using this bottle before me. It's all mine. Yes. <coughs> Daring captured by oil burning boat. Something like Chaser. Right. Taking off everything, handcuffing crew. Crew hiding all over ship. No chance to make escape. No time for punctuation. <laughs> Finder. Please notify headquarters, dearing. 
That was it. That was it. The note was unsigned and undated. Of course it was. Would you believe some people, shockingly, were sceptical about this? Who'd have thunk it? Why had they not mentioned the full name of the ship or the date? Yeah. Or their name? Or made a personal note to a loved one? Yeah. Although, upon inspection, they found that the glass bottle had been manufactured in Brazil. Oh. But, you know, luckily nobody is shipping anything between countries. (laughs) Well, there hadn't just been a massive shipwreck (laughs) where a whole bunch of shit washed up on shore. (laughs) Imagine that, everyone else is building a house. What did you get, Barry? Oh, I got a bottle. (laughs) They laughed at Barry. (laughs) They laughed at Barry. Barry had a plan. Barry was a thinker. Yeah. So you know who they, they took this note to to authenticate? Oh, well, this Go is... Go professionals, the, A priest. <laughs> you take it to a priest. May as well. They took it to the captain's widow. Oh, that's a bit brutal. <laughs> and they had her look at the note. So she's probably about 68 years yeah. by now. Okay, remember, no one in that family can fucking see. They waved a bit of paper at her. And she claimed that, oh, yes, the handwriting... Um, Yes, it could be. It's totally of the <laughs> ship engineer, Henry Bates. <laughs> Although there is actually no record of the captain's widow and Henry Bates ever meeting or corresponding <laughs> before this voyage. Of course not. No. 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 Handwriting experts <laughs> that were not just the wives <laughs> of a dead guy examined the note and deemed it to be (gasps) fake. No. Federal agents got involved and questioned the bottle's discovery. Questioning the man who cracked during investigation and admitted that he had in fact faked the note. (laughs) Do you want to know why? Uh, Well, it's either for a reward of some kind or he just wanted the investigation to continue. In the hopes that the publicity from having discovered the bottle would help him secure a job in the nearby lighthouse. What? I'm famous! (laughs) I should guard your lighthouse. That's, fuck, I always thought LinkedIn was bad, but that is something that, wow. (laughs) So they're just like, LinkedIn, I won't found a bottle. (laughs) Let me guard your lighthouse. What are your qualifications? Well, you shouldn't be around other people. <laughs> I can see things. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. So just what had happened to the Carol A. Deering? Mm. Speculation was rife. So the US government launched an investigation with not one, not two, not three, not four, but... Five departments of the US government began investigating the disappearance. I didn't even know they had that many in 1922. Commerce. Okay. Treasury. Okay. Justice. Oh. Navy. Boy. And the State Department. Holy shit. All jumped in on it. That's all the departments. Herbert Hoover, who was the Secretary of Commerce thought that the disappearance of several other vessels of various nationalities in the same area must all be linked. 
So he got his assistant, <laughs> Lawrence Ritchie, to be in charge of the investigation. Ritchie attempted to piece the journey together by reading the log books of Coast Guard vessels in the area. Okay. But to no avail. The Weather Bureau suggested the cause had to be hurricanes. Of course. <laughs> Give us more funding. So they said it was severe hurricanes journaled in the Atlantic Ocean around the time of the disappearance. However, it was noted that Carol A. Deering was in fact seen heading away from the storms. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. The U.S. Marine Shopping Board and the Shipping Board as okay. well joined together. <laughs> okay. And they said, pirates! Definitely pirates! Definitely. Even though there was no evidence to support this. Nobody had seen a pirate. Nobody had identified a pirate. There was not one shit in a hat. <laughs> Another proposed theory was that it was the work of illegal rum runners who had stolen the vessel to illegally ship rum in. Oh. But as ships like the Carol A. Deering were being replaced by faster vessels, it seems unlikely that this would be the kidnap vessel of their choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stock car racing basically came from whiskey runners and mm. moonshiners and bootleggers. Yeah, don't. Get yourself a sailing ship. Yeah. This and galleon's perfect. Let's get that. Yeah. And I was like, where were the rum runners and the rum? <laughs> well, we know that there's one bottle. <laughs> one of the wildest suggestions... What do you think is the wildest suggestion that people were like, oh, I definitely know what happened? Aliens. No. Not aliens. This is pre. Time. This is pre-aliens. Pre-aliens. Okay. Yeah. What's the other thing? Huge in America. Huge in America. Yeah. Well, it's not women's rights. No. No. So it wasn't wasn't feminists. No. It wasn't free healthcare. It wasn't doctors. Mm, was it books? Communists. <laughs> Just one book. <laughs> <laughs> Communists. Communists. Right. Clearly, there's a boat missing. Communists. Yeah. With unnamed New York police officers alleging to have found papers in a raid on the United Russian Workers' Party. Right. A communist group in New York in which the police allege that they found papers. Yeah. Which called on the organisational members to seize boats and sail them to the Soviet Union. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine if they even tried that and got away with it? And there's, like, the flimsy, flimsy result of the October Revolution and a bunch of New York dock workers turn up. <laughs> Who's this Momo? <laughs> or just, here's, here's one in, like, you know... Shelley's bits in some little <laughs> sailboat just making its way through the Baltic Sea. Oh, Lord. Hardline anti-communists in the US government jumped on this idea 
and were very adamant, yes, that's totally definitely what happened. Yeah. Communists were trying to steal this boat and sail it to Russia. Yes. Even though there was no actual evidence to support this theory, what? <laughs> Who would have Whatsoever. Another theory was that the Carol A. Deering... Okay, actually, no, before we go there, do you want to see some of the newspaper headlines? Yeah. That were around at the time? <laughs> I think this goes to show some of, like, the red you know, red hysteria that was brewing. Yeah. We have this one. Ghost ship met foul play in US. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's from the Washington Times. Loss of six ships laid to pirates. Nice. So literally every paper was just picking a random theory. Yeah. And going with it. But this one is one of my favourite from the Imperial Valley Press. All right. Ships seized by red crews. That's amazing. What? <laughs> sea mystery is laid to Soviet pirates. Amazing. I love it. They've managed to work in both pirates and the Soviets. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Okay. I've highlighted some of the little bits in the yellow, if you yeah. want to read out. This is from an actual printed newspaper. I'll try and sound like a, a wealthy industrialist who hates uh, organised labour, mm. and that's the whole reason for their anti-communist <laughs> fervour. Washington, June 21. A worldwide search for the missing crew of the whole of the school, Carol A. Deering, which last January... W w I've only been drinking non-alcoholic <laughs> beer. What the fuck <laughs> is going on? I've got to take off my glasses. Because my eyesight's fucked. Do you need to get your first mate? I do. <laughs> Someone else needs to read to the script for you. June 21. A worldwide search for the missing crew of the school Carol A. Deering, which piled up on the North Carolina coast last January, with all sails set and not a soul on board, has been started by the State Department through the American consoles. That's that's what you want me to read? Yeah. Now, if you if you flip it over... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. There's more fluorescence on here than a shark shit. Taking off everything and handcuffing the crew. Crew hiding all over ship, but no chance of escape. It is now believed that the cargo of the Deering and the steamer Hewitt, with its cargo of sulphur and the crews of both vessels and two other steamers, with their cargoes of wheat and their crews, have been run into ports of Soviet Russia. <gasps> From the investigation... God, I can't read these. Old-timey newsprint is so small. Mm. From the from this investigation, crews were obtained... Oh, clues. He spells clue with a W. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? It's 1920. It's fucking... It's so anti-communist he won't even use a U. There's, there's unions in clues. There's a, oh my. Subliminal messaging. Yeah, get rid of anything with a U in it. Because it's in USSR and it's in Union. Replace it with an E and a W. If it's not in Swift and Messon, it's not my words. <laughs> From this investigation, clues, C-L-E-W-S, were obtained to what is reported to be a Bolshevik plot. <laughs> okay. Worked out in this country to seize American ships loaded with valuable cargoes and run them into Russian ports. 
It is claimed that a member of the LWW and Bolshevik sympathizers in this country deliberately obtained places and sailors that deliberately obtained places as sailors aboard the vessels. When the vessels were well out to sea, these radicals are alleged to have overpowered the officers and loyal members of the crew and taken possession of the ships. The pirate crew then departed from their assigned courses and made for the Soviet ports. The loyal members of the crew are said to have been prisoners in Russia. The vessels seized are said to have been carefully selected because of the nature of their cargo, which would prove of value in the Russian market. Nothing has value in a communist society. Not one shred of... Literally, the ship just went missing. Yeah. Bolshevik plot! The crew has all been kidnapped! When this was... The the ship was found. Yeah. No one come out and went, oh, I'm sorry, we retract everything about the Bolsheviks. Was there, we were wrong. Is there like a work crew somewhere on the docks just going, we are missing a dozen people here today for no reason? <laughs> It's like, oh yes, they've they've all like pretended to be like Scandinavian men and have worked for the last eight years in a cunning plot to be able to steal the ship. My favourite bit, while the loyal crew have fought, but it's fan fiction. That's it really what this is. is. Yep. Some guy in the bloody Washington press oh. wants to be kidnapped and tied up by a Russian pirate. Oh, oh, no. oh there's reds under the bed, but I wish they'd come on top. Yeah. Oh. Get out from under there, Mr. Big Nasty Red. It's not the only thing I want to come on top. Mm, You can come and hammer my sickle. Mm. It is so... Literally, just the ship disappeared. And that's just what they've gone straight to. Yeah. Communists. Communists. Clearly communists. And there's just... Yeah, I can't even. There's so many. Um, The next theory... There's so many articles... Wow. ...on this next theory... The next theory was that the Carol A. Deering and another missing vessel, the Hewitt, had actually collided in the ocean. (laughs) Okay. Just, yeah, sailed up on each other. Yeah, which is very possible. Which is possible. The theory was... The crew of the Caroline Deering then realised, oh shit, now there is a bloody big hole in our boat. Yeah. Grabbed some of their personal belongings, got onto the two life rafts. Yeah. Made their way over to the Hewitt, got on the Hewitt, and then the Hewitt quickly sank, killing both crews. More than likely, yeah. But (laughs) not one body or piece of personal equipment or like personal memorabilia except that one random bottle yeah was ever found yeah there was no trace of a survivor there was no clothing not even a shoe yeah i mean it is the ocean <laughs> it's pretty fucking big all that but like the bits of wood like washed up yeah but they blew that thing up on the shoals like yeah yeah. So yeah, this this if, could have happened out in the open Atlantic. Yeah, but if the if the boat if the hole in the boat was big enough that they're like, oh my god, we all have to like sail away from it. Yeah. It can't have sailed on for that much further, surely. I before don't, it. I don't know how these old ships are built. They might have bulkheads that are quite 
fucking weather waterproofed. I don't know. But it, but if it's so good, why would you get off it? I don't know. I mean, admittedly, both you anchors had fallen off. Yeah, it's that's not, not great. Good. That's and not are, a good thing. You are headed to the graveyard of the Atlantic. But yeah. come on. I thought it was always a really, like... Is it like if you get lost in the outback, you don't leave your car? Is it like you don't leave your boat? Well, I don't know. I've never been lost in the ocean. Even if your captain is blind, would you just be like, bye, get on the life vessel. He'll never see you go. <laughs> He's the captain. He wants to go down with the ship, probably. But all of these missing vessels seem to have only one thing in common besides... Their crews never being found. Right. And no explanation ever provided. You want to know what that clue was? I do. That one thing they all have in common? Communists? Bolsheviks. <laughs> they all disappeared in the same area. An area which in time would become known. Oh, not the Bermuda Triangle. It's the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle. <laughs> Fuck. I did not see that coming. <laughs> Neither did they, mate. <laughs> I'm once again I'm back to it. Aliens. You know what? Like growing up as a I don't know, like growing up as a kid, I was like <gasps> like the Bermuda Triangle. Like I honestly thought like, oh my god, no one will go near it. Anyone yeah. who goes in it just dies instantly. Yeah. Like we'll never solve that mystery. I was terrified of the Bermuda Triangle as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I'd be like, oh, I wouldn't even like sail near it. Like that's how you go off course, and then you die and you get sucked into another dimension. Or yeah. it just seems like the Bermuda Triangle just went. Yeah. It just. And now it's like it's kind of popped up again as Skinwalker Ranch. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. just, it just, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't know. GPS, just, <laughs> just reliable navigation. Yeah. Just the ability to predict weather. Yeah. yeah. Oh, radar. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't I Yeah. I kind of feel like we, we maybe just need to do like a one day an episode to the Bermuda Triangle and figure out, oh, my God, the Bermuda Triangle actually like folded in on itself like a black hole eventually. Yeah. It just so ooh, mysterious. <laughs> Folded in on itself. Yes. Yeah. That's why people have stopped disappearing in it. Navigation be fucked. It's on our advanced maritime <laughs> navigational tools. There you go. Solved. Problem solved. You're welcome, universe. There you go. That's all I can think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I can't remember the last person who disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. I can't remember the last time the news was ever like, oh, Bermuda Triangle mystery. Yeah, no, not since like the 60s. Uh, I've, no, it was a thing in the 80s. They had all those No, movies. we had those monster books and shit in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was all like, oh, the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, I th- oh. No, I feel like we had satellites and shit then. No, no. Like, they, they, I remember reading that book of like the ship capsize and then you end up on a deserted island with like a really hot guy and you have sex with him and then somebody has to give themselves like an enema to just like to survive and then he turns out to be like a serial killer and you're like, oh my God. Like, the 80s. Is this a TV show or is this just what happened at summer this, camp in Broken Hill? It's like every book and movie about the Bermuda Triangle in the 80s. Right. Yes. I don't remember too many enemas to survive books. Oh my God. Yes. That was a 
cornerstone. That's when you're like, oh, that's the moment where it stops being like a fun, sexy romp. And becomes like a Stephen King. Yeah, when you got to start butt chugging. Yeah. 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 That's 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 your sign. That's where you draw the line. I need to reevaluate my life, and I think that's a good point at which you should reevaluate your life. Yeah. While you're giving yourself a anal enema. What other kind is there? <laughs> An oral enema. That's a drink. <laughs> that's having a drink. You're non-medical types, I guess. So. Yeah. Oral enema. <laughs> Mouthwash. Yeah. I'm going to do that now. From now on, whenever I hand anyone a drink, I'm just going to be like, oral enema. <laughs> you can vaginal. You can take a vaginal enema. I don't know. Like, the, the kids are putting the, the tampies in the in the vodka. And... <laughs> no, they're, well, they're clearly not drinking that, so. Oh, that's actually quite nice. Yeah. Sponsor us. Hard solo. We corrupt kids too. Oh, hard solo. You shot first. <laughs> hey. Oh my god. You know what's better than a oh, this tent of the enema? This <laughs> <laughs> new advertising slogan. Clearly packs a punch. Am I driving you home? Oh my god, no, that could that that's our new t shirt. You know what's better than than, than an anal enema? Not this. <laughs> oh my god, that's going to be my new Tinder profile. Oh my god. Oh my god. Anyway, but yeah, um, you know what? Don't settle for a man that's all about, oh my god, should we have an anal enema? No. You know what? Find yourself a nice man. A nice man. A nice mothman. Because real nice mothmen eat the garbage. Yeah, see, it's like a cat. You can clean that side or- orally. Oh. Mm. Why do you always ruin the romance? Why? The, what romance? Why? Why are you single? <laughs> How? Well, no. I know. Oh. Wow, what do they put in that stuff? Freaking hell. <laughs> Schoolie strength. You're fucked. Look at that. You're going to wake up pregnant on a footy oval. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the Bermuda Triangle, man. It's messing with my mind. I didn't even know. <laughs> Can you read the map? Yeah. Anyway. Well, if you avoid the uh, Bermuda Triangle, it's not gay in Canada. <laughs> to Canada. To Canada. I'm going to press stop. <laughs> <laughs>